we experience attachment, we project permanence. We want things to last forever and not change. So the moment you buy a new object, like a phone or a car or whatever, that very moment, that thing stops being new and starts deteriorating. Maybe before you bought it, it's already deteriorating and changing. We want to project permanence to those things we like. And we try to reject all the things that we don't like. But funnily, our mind also projects permanence. So if you have a problem or something that is bothering you, you think also, oh no, this is going to last forever. It came to my life and now it's going to stay forever. But if you really meditate a lot on change and impermanence, then that meditation dissolves this attachment and aversion and this way of relating with things. Because if you know you're totally aware of change, you're going to relate with things and people and everything in a different way, even with your own life. If you are constantly projecting that your life is going to be very long and that you're never going to die or that it's very far away, then you waste a lot of time. But if you're aware of change and impermanence, you might put your priorities in place. That's why meditating on impermanence is one of the main meditations in the Buddhist tradition. Why? Because it completely changes the way you relate with things and objects and people and with yourself and with your life. So it's just being in alignment with reality. So it doesn't mean not enjoying things and situations, knowing that it's not going to last. This is very important. The positive qualities that you perceive are not intrinsically in the object. As it appears to our senses, it appears like that. So if you like chocolate cake, you feel like chocolate cake is delicious and that everybody else should perceive it in that way. And if somebody says, no, I don't like chocolate cake, you're crazy, you're out of your mind, you're weird. You reject that person because you perceive it like this chocolate cake has intrinsic good qualities. And then your mind thinks, well, if I have more chocolate cake, the happiness will be multiplied. But we know it's not true. We know that the first bite is delicious, but the second one, not so much. And if you keep eating all the chocolate cake, at some point, you stop feeling that pleasure and it transforms into pain and even like nausea and you end up sick and you end up rejecting, <laughs> not wanting to eat chocolate cake in the rest of your life but somehow even though we know it we keep acting as if we don't so we think if i have only more money or more security or more possessions or more of this i'm going to be more happy but we don't realize that it's not like that and the same happens with people. We project all these positive qualities and then we say, you disappointed me. Or you promised me you were going to make me happy and you're not making me happy, you changed. But we act as we are surprised. But we should know that people change all the time and our projections of them change all the time too. So everything is in a state of flux. And I think the more we reflect on how we put these cognitive filters to phenomena, to everything in reality, 
the more we distance ourselves from seeing the truth, from seeing reality as it is, and really appreciating and enjoying the little moment they appear and the little time frame they have. Because if you really are aware of the impermanence of people, situations, objects, then you really start enjoying them and appreciating them more because you know everything is temporary. So I think that's something we can integrate in every aspect of our life then. For example, in the course of Cultivating Emotional Balance, I teach my students about how we project these cognitive filters and how we distort reality and how that is an imbalance of the mind, misperceiving reality as it is. And so exaggerating positive qualities or exaggerating negative qualities, grasping to that interpretation and then acting upon that interpretation. And I mean, all the problems in the world basically arise because of this ignorance, attachment, and aversion. All the wars, if you analyze, they come from this distortion of reality and saying, this territory is mine, this is yours, and I'm attached to this, and I'm going to fight for this. If you analyze many things, many problems that we can see that are very tangible, we can track it to attachment and aversion and distortion of reality. So if you can communicate this with several examples that are relevant to people, you can use examples from the now or from the past. Sometimes it's very, very difficult for a person to notice that they are attached. Or that attachment is bringing them suffering instead of happiness if they're experiencing very strong in the present. Because it really appears like that person is the source of my happiness and if I don't have that person or that person is not nice with me then i will suffer more or this house or this job or this thing is really a cause of my happiness and the attachment makes you see it as real like you really need to hold on to it because if you don't hold it's very scary where am i going to fall into when you see it from another perspective from a little bit of distance, then it becomes very clear. So it's important to develop that wisdom, that analytical wisdom of Vipassana, where you say, okay, this thing, this chocolate cake appears intrinsically pleasurable from its own side, possessing all those delicious qualities. It appears like that to my senses, to my experience. But if you look closely and analyze and understand that your personal story, that your preferences, that everything that makes you perceive that chocolate cake in that way is determined by a lot of factors. And that is a dependent arising, that is a temporary experience. And that is based on your hunger of the moment. Maybe when you are not so hungry, it doesn't appear so desirable or so delicious. Maybe when you are full after eating a, a big meal, you don't want chocolate cake. Or if you are craving something salty, then the chocolate cake is not so delicious. It changes depending on your mental state or your physical state. And this happens also with people and with other objects. The moment you start analyzing those little attachments and just looking closely, it becomes very evident that those qualities are not intrinsically in the object. Some of the 
preferences or way things appear good to us, clothes or people or objects we see in the advertising, it's because our culture is saying, oh, those clothes are cool, so it makes you desire, or that's our standard of beauty, so we feel attracted to some people and not others. But if you reflect on it, it's all kind of learned. It's not intrinsically there. And the same with a car or a house or something you own. It's an agreement we made. If you possess this piece of paper that says you're the owner, then it's yours. But there's nothing intrinsically yours in that object. So if you reflect on that, then you can start releasing the attachment a little bit, slowly. It's not just understanding, because you can understand and still feel the attachment. It's very helpful to have a car, for example. But if you lose it, it is stolen or scratched or something, you recognize it was never mine in the first place. I can't control totally what it happens to it. And there's people that really try to control and put it maybe in a garage and never use it because of fear that something will happen to it. But then you're not getting the benefit of it. The more attached you are, the more weird you behave in ways that are more detrimental to your well-being. If you start observing each little attachment that you have and say, okay, I recognize I'm really attached to this, or I have a little bit of attachment to this, then by putting your attention on it, you're already understanding how it exists and releasing some of that attachment. And then by practicing generosity, equanimity, detachment, other meditations, it will help. And also impermanence. All the meditations actually are taking you there to realize that wisdom.